Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. We're here. That's gone. That's Bryce Harper's 23rd homer of the season. The three-run homer in the first was all the run support Steven Strasburg would need. Nats win 6-1 to to complete the four-game sweep of the Reds. Second-best record in the league. Made a trade with the A's to better the bullpen. All good, but it gets better. Oh. Ryan Zimmerman followed Harper's blast with his 20th of the season and franchise record 235th career homer, passing my man Vladimir Guerrero, who passed along his congratulations, Jamel. Game-recognized game. As Vlad, meanwhile, has moved up the stunt level rankings with the way he admired this home over the weekend. Bat flip and also a pose, boy pose. I like it. They called you shotgun in your softball days. You ever sent one yard like that and admired it? Not that long. I have pointed and hit one out. All time favorite players. It's time for your favorite show. What's good? Welcome to the best 60 minutes of your day. No Lonzo Ball for tonight's Las Vegas Summer League title game due to a mid calf strain in his right leg. But still watch anyway, please. Uh, and stay tuned as we make our contribution to the hype. Also, LeBron, reportedly not in the best of moods, although his IG would beg to differ. The latest on how he feels now about later is coming up later. But we start with the differences of opinion when it comes to long-term contracts for Kirk Cousins and Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, with all due respect to the Nationals, the biggest news out of D.C. today was Washington and Kirk Cousins failing to reach a long-term deal by 4 p.m. Cousins isn't the only big name to not reach a deal as the Steelers failed to do the same with Le'Veon Bell, who will make 12 million this year. 12, Yana. Yeah, just 12. <laughs> Nothing big. Uh, but let's get back to Washington, who, of course, uh, you know, they remain messy, and we'll get to Bruce Allen in a second. But a lot of players hate the franchise tag. Been pretty good to Kirk Cousins. Look at this bread he's making. Uh, this will be the second straight season plan under the tag. First quarterback to do that, by the way. He'll make almost $44 million in that span. Fourth most in the NFL behind Andrew Luck, Joe Flacco, and Drew Brees. As I mentioned, of course, Washington can't help but be messy. So Bruce Allen, basically on the team's website, broke down exactly the numbers they offered Kirk Cousins. On May 2nd, right after the draft, we made Kirk an offer that included the highest fully guaranteed amount upon signing for a quarterback in NFL history, $53 million, and guaranteed a total of $72 million for injury. For injury. For injury, yes. The deal would have made him at least the second highest paid player by average per year in NFL history. But despite our repeated attempts, we have not received any offer from Kirk's agent this year. Or does he mean Kirk? Since he has a hard time knowing his franchise quarterback's name. He actually uh, said Kurt <laughs> when he spoke to reporters today. He is did it, it, Pam it, or did it again. Pam. Is it, I can't is it like calm? <laughs> I don't know. Pam, Pam. I think it's just one of those words. One of those words. Diana Rossini, Jeremy Fowler, thanks for joining us to break down these situations. I just don't understand, Diana. Why would Bruce Allen basically give us way too much information about what was going on behind closed doors. It seems to me that they just successfully successfully made a bad situation even worse, which is kind of what they do. Yeah, because basically, if they thought Kirk Cousins was was bitter during the RG3 days, this basically is going to push him over the edge here because why release the details of what you offered your quarterback that's going to be your starter this year? Normally, we hear front offices release that information 
super free agent, not a player that's returning to be your guy. And the tone, that bitterness has been the issue for Kirk Cousins over the years. Going back to the Mike Shanahan days, going back early on when we all knew that at some point Kirk Cousins was a better quarterback than Robert Griffin III, but Dan Snyder wanted to make that work. So 2015, they said, Kirk, prove to us that you're the guy. He goes out in 2016, breaks franchise records. He proved himself right. Still not good enough, though. Because they don't think he's all that good and worth the money that he wants. See, Jeremy, all you got to do is do the math. $24 million coming to him this year. $28.7 million on the transition tag for next year. Add that up, that's $52.6 million. How, many, how much you said they offered him? Uh, $53 million. $53 million. So basically they said, we'll guarantee you what's already coming to you. Right, right. So why would you counter that? <laughs> right. So we've been looking for a non-racist nickname for this team for a long time. <laughs> I finally got there. The Washington can't get right. <laughs> because you know, you know how hard you have to try to turn the common person against management and play a negotiation? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Kirk Cousins is going to have the most leverage of any football player we have ever seen in the National Football League next year. During free agents, the Redskins have six months to figure this out. And, and, and this is why he didn't sign it. You know, and, and when I reached out to the Redskins and I asked them, why would you release the details of his deal? And they oh, said, they had an explanation for this? They, they had a reason? They had a reason. Okay. I'm, I'm dying to know. Their reason is that Kirk's agent said that the Redskins didn't make an offer, that they didn't put any numbers out there. So they wanted to make sure all the Redskins fans out there knew uh, okay. that they were offering. Because they deserve no. to know this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> transparency goes wrong. Right. Hey, we want transparency. Let's not win games. Let's win the press conference. Mm-hmm. Let's right. win the Washington Post. Exactly. And, and that's not going to work because, if anything, I think they were trying to win the Redskins fans over. But all I think it's going to do is – is have those fans turn on Kirk Cousins because now he looks greedy in some fans' eyes. But but anyone that follows us closely knows that. Are Kirk's you sure about that? Though? Because I, I think, given the the reputation of this franchise, I don't think this makes them look good at all. Like they see what the numbers are, and you're right. Generally speaking, fans, as Mike said, they tend to side with management. But in this case. I think they actually messed up their PR, sort of uh, all the PR, good PR they had going because what's lost in all this Mm -hmm. is that Kirk Cousins may not have wanted to be there anyway. And people have now forgotten that and they're looking at how they've handled it. Well, Alan said, Jeremy, Alan said he wants to take it year to year. I think he wants to take it year to year. As, a, as opposed to signing a below-market deal or right. when he has less leverage to negotiate. Right. No quarterback no, – it's the first quarterback to ever have two back-to-back franchise tags. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be year-to-year, Jeremy. <laughs> right. This is easy money, and I love it when it's easy to count numbers. Of 53, you mentioned. And if you're Kirk Cousins, you thought you had a nice little slow dance going with the Redskins, right? Last year, the Redskins wanted time to evaluate and lowball a deal. So they said, cool, we'll play in the tag. This year, it sounds like Cousins wanted time. He wanted to play on the tag, yes. First it. But until, <laughs> until they match money, because they were miles apart for a while now. And so, you know, with this press conference and calling him Kurt with a T, I mean, you're kind of throwing all that out now. And so any bitterness that had festered that maybe had been repaired is now back in the Again, closet. $72 million guaranteed for injury, not skill. Speaking of injury, Le'Veon Bell missed 16 games the last three years due to suspension or injury. What's up with the negotiations that did not uh, come to a deal so at the I was, deadline. I was curious about this one because you have essentially a top 10 player. Yes, he's been hurt, but when it doesn't get done, you figure it would. And so I, I called Le'Veon. I actually talked to him tonight, and he was pretty clear. He's like, look, things weren't particularly close on this. I was hopeful today that something would get done, but it didn't. And so they value me differently than I value myself. And he made sure to point out I'm a receiver and a running back. And so he feels like he's the second best receiver on that team outside of Antonio Brown, plus arguably the best running back 
in the game. And yeah. so he's, he's looking at a much bigger number. And he doesn't sound like a guy who's ready to report to camp on July 27th because he doesn't have to. That franchise tag he has not signed. He doesn't know when he's signing it. He plans to play. He did confirm that. But right now he said, I want to be a standard bearer for running backs. This market is ST Ruglin and we need to improve it. That's as tricky a negotiation means factor in the history, uh, both off the field and on the pr- productivity and the, the position. Fact that, and the fact that it's the Steelers too. Absolutely. You know, they, they always stay. But notice they didn't release any statements. <laughs> right. They didn't explain the numbers. And of course, yeah. meanwhile, the Rams and cornerback Tremaine Johnson, they did not agree to a contract extension before four. So he will play under the franchise tag for the second straight year at $16.7 million. Thank you, guys. We right, appreciate thanks you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, the NFL giving us some news, finally. The Panthers announced today that they fired general manager Dave Gettleman nine days nine. before training camp begins. Perfect timing, right? Some have speculated that Gettleman was dismissed because of a rocky relationship with owner Jerry Richardson, who reportedly was not pleased that Gettleman let Josh Norman go. Speaking of former Panther players, they certainly had a lot to say about Gettleman being fired, none of it good. See Steve Smith Sr. who tweeted, he of course was cut by the the Panthers. Uh, It's okay, Dave, I know how it feels. Uh, Josh Norman, he wanted in on the petty as well. Eyes and the emoji. Uh, And D'Angelo Williams, he came off the top rope with. I see what you did there. He's a wrestler now. (laughs) I want to say to the Panthers, I want to say the Panthers are off my list of teams to play for due to the firing of that snake. Dave Gettleman. So, good move or confusing move that the Panthers decided to get rid of Gettleman now? I don't know if it's a, a good move. I know they're a good team, even with him gone. Confusing for sure. I mm-hmm. mean, like, we talked about Washington, how you have to mess it up to get the public on the player side in, in, a, in a contract negotiation. Uh, if you are Dave Gettleman, what did you have to do to get fired in July as a GM? Like, are you trying to build a clubhouse? Like, like <laughs> right. you are stealing, stealing boxes? boxes? Like, yeah. you got you on tape or something. <laughs> right. Like, how do you get fired on your day off or nine days away from the start of training camp? So his work, his work isn't done, but his imprint is already on his team through mm-hmm. the draft and free agency, and it's still a good team. The farther and farther you get from uh, the field, the less I think a move like this matters. Can Cam throw coming off surgery? Is Christian McCaffrey the all-purpose weapon they believe him to be? Luke Keekley, healthy. Defense, back up to par. They can still contend in that division. And if Marty Herney, the guy who drafted a lot of those core players that they went to the Super Bowl with two years ago, if he comes back on an interim basis, then there's some familiarity there. Well, I guess to me it is both a little confusing and also a good move if the reason that they let him go is because they're looking at uh, the contracts of Thomas Davis and Greg Olson being up. Jerry Richardson has already seen and already knows that Dave Gettleman is a hardliner. He has Ooh, that rep- one shame on you. Exactly. He has Ooh, that reputation. And you, Thank you, you fooled again. Thank you. Right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so now he has these other two key players from the franchise with their deals being up. Maybe he saw like, huh, I don't want to go through this again. I don't want to go through what we went through with Josh Norman and live with that regret. So let me get somebody who's more in line with my philosophy the curious part is, you knew that three months ago. Yeah. Josh Norman didn't just walk Before out the door. Before Brandon Bean went to Buffalo, Thank he you. did walk out I the door. I was like, you knew all of this. You knew who you had. You knew the type of personality he had. So why now? Well, did you just up and decide, you know what? Today on this Monday, right before training camp, I'm just going to fire him. It's been a long evaluation and, and a lot of careful thought. Real long. It's supposed to be a bottom line business. Three playoff appearances, mm-hmm. three division titles in Super four Bowl years. Appearance, and yeah. a 40-23-1 record, and you still get fired in July. 
this had to be a last resort. This yeah. could not have been something that was as simple as, oh, you don't know what you're doing. Because clearly he knew what he was doing. The Boston just, just didn't like how he did it. Yeah. Um, okay. More NFL. A source confirmed to Adam Schefter that Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott was involved in an altercation at a Dallas bar. Now, according to the Dallas Police Department, a 30-year-old man said he was physically assaulted but could not identify who assaulted him. The man was taken to the hospital with nine with non-life-threatening injuries. No arrests or suspects have been reported in connection with the incident. But keep in mind, Ezekiel Elliott is already under NFL investigation stemming from a 2016 domestic violence accusation against him. Now, multiple sources told Schefter that Elliott could face a one- or two-game suspension. How troubling is this for the Cowboys? There's just too much going on here. You know, the, the, the knee-jerk is to piece all these different things together. And ultimately, we've seen the commissioner suspend guys for having repeated incidents, okay? Like, you have a collection of situations, and it's like, okay, you know what? You need to sit down for a couple of games. Obviously, the timing could not be worse, especially coming off of a guy who just recently, we talked about it on the show, just recently said, I've learned that i got to stay out of the spotlight. Everybody's yep. watching. There's a, there's a, um, you know, a microscope on all, all things Dallas Cowboys. But what we can't do, A, there have been no arrests. He hasn't been detained. He hasn't been charged. Like, forget guilty until, or innocent until proven guilty. It's like, all you got to do is be accused nowadays, and it becomes a big deal, especially if you're the big-time running back in Big D. But we cannot connect the fact that he's being investigated with this situation and jump to any kind of conclusions or, or presume any kind of guilt or this, this guy's just a bad decision maker. Because that investigation is ongoing because the NFL has drug its feet on that investigation, frankly. That should have been wrapped up a long time ago. For whatever reason, it's been dragged out. Not to mention, the NFL has zero credibility when it comes to its investigations internally. So set that aside for a second. With this situation, we don't know what happened. We just don't. Now, could he do a better job of, of putting himself in better situations or in better surroundings? Yeah, but what, he, can't, he can't go out? Unless and until I know that he knocked this person out right. and broke his nose or he's at fault, yeah. I can't have some kind of hot take about this. It's just, dude, just maybe you just need to stay out of the public for a while. But that's, that's unrealistic to ask a guy to do. Now, that's fair. Um, we don't know what happened. However, I guess whatever it is, it, it, and this is just the reality not just for Ezekiel Elliott, but I would say for most people in any kind of public spotlight, is that whenever you are vulnerable and in a situation where you're around people who have less to lose than you do, you are putting yourself at risk. And all I'm saying from a common sense standpoint, I'm not suggesting that he go into hiding. I'm not saying that he, you know, just stay in his house and never go out and don't talk to people or speak to people. I'm not saying that, but if I'm already under investigation by the NFL, and especially since in recent days we've heard the report that a suspension could be forthcoming. Or they're bracing themselves. Or bracing themselves. What if he didn't do it? What 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 if if he's being investigated off of an accusation of which he is innocent? And in this situation, the person couldn't identify who hit them. Right. You may you may end up being right with everything you're saying. Maybe he's a knucklehead and just. No, just no, I don't think action. he's a knucklehead. No, I'm, not, I'm, no, just no, saying, I'm saying that. That's not yeah. what you said. I'm going right. to put words in your mouth. Right. I'm saying maybe he just is prone to poor judgment. Maybe, or maybe the investigation's one thing, and this situation, whatever it is or isn't, is something altogether different. The one thing to me that still stands out as idiotic was when he exposed a young lady on St. Patrick's see, Day. That, that was the worst. What's optics. that? What's the commonality? Putting the him. The commonality <laughs> is him, and the commonality is you always being in a position. Where your name is in the mix. I'm but we, hearing, but we don't know the other two. Doesn't matter, Mike. I'm hearing about you too much. Oh, no question. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm he- like, exactly. 100%. I was like, I need to hear about you less. Do yeah. less. Okay. 
This could be us, Mello. But the Knicks playing. Kendrick Lamar played Houston over the weekend. And CP3 and Harden were in the building playing nicely off the court. the team, uh, team building and team bonding. Man. Only a matter of time before they make beautiful, harmonious music on it. Okay. Knicks management, though, singing a different tune when it comes to Mello than Phil Jackson did. Knicks president Steve Mills says Anthony could remain with the team this season despite acknowledging that the organization would continue to pursue a trade involving Anthony. Mills also said that the Knicks would not pursue a buyout of the remaining years on Anthony's contract. Rose reports that Anthony is still counting on the team to carry out its agreed-upon mandate to trade him to the Rockets. You know, I'm not going to look back on the what happened with Carmelo with Phil and you know what what I know is that we I, I've been in communication with Carmelo and Carmelo's team following the season uh, I think that we will be a good developing team if Carmelo is part of the team and we will be a good developing team if if he isn't but I think that we will be in constant communication uh, with Carmelo and Carmelo's camp and we'll come to some some resolution that works well for both of us he said it's going to be a good team. <laughs> um, <laughs> look, unless my man wants to be stuck like Chuck, I think it's about time for him to expand that list of teams for which he would waive his no-trade clause. I don't think he has to at all. I mean, And I'm thinking more or less about the things that have always been important to Melo. One, his money, and two, New York. And, look, I know that uh, C.J. McCollum and the Portland Trail Blazers – they shooting their shot, <laughs> okay? Or CJ look good in that uniform. Well, maybe. I like in Rip City. Well, but here's the thing: what money in New York? New York has always meant something to him. All right, and I think for him, especially considering his family situation, um, wanting to be close to his son, why would he go to Portland? Well, setting that part aside. Well, I mean, look, he's going to, he would go to Houston. Right. He'd go to Cleveland. I mean, I, I know he has, obviously, little, uh, personal connections to both right. CP3 and LeBron. And, and yeah. Houston and Cleveland are both two teams a little bit closer than I think Portland is to win it. But if you, go, if you were to go to a team like Portland, for example, with that backcourt and that big man, you put him in the mix, they can be an interesting team in the West. Maybe not top two or three, but an interesting so, team in the West. We'll I, guess, point. I guess what I'm saying is we're talking strictly basketball mm-hmm. and not, you know, the market or, you know, not his personal situation, strictly basketball, do you want to play meaningful basketball or do you want to waste the rest of your remaining years playing in New York? Yeah, you're playing in front of great fans and in the world's most famous arena. But a big market. That, that, are you, but are you happy with that? And, and the thing about this no-trade clause, it's a blessing and it's a burden because he controls where he, he, where he can go, but he also controls where he can go. I look at Paul George. Paul George would not have said, you know what, send me to OKC. Mm-hmm. You know, Jimmy Butler wanted to be in Chicago probably is in a better situation because he is in Minnesota now with them. So what I'm saying about Melo is the Knicks need all the help they can get to, to perform competently. Help them out by expanding this list Why beyond two teams. He? Nobody wants Ryan Anderson's contract. I just, this Houston thing will be awesome. I, I know he wants it. I've seen it. I know he wants to play with CP3. Right. Nobody wants Ryan Anderson's contract. It may be too complicated. So if your alternatives are Houston or Cleveland, which are just dreams, versus going back to New York and playing on a losing team and not making the playoffs again, maybe you need to come up with other options. Has Melo not always shown you who he was when it came to this? He always has. And, look, he, he always wants everything both ways. He wants the money, and he wants to be able to win. He wants it to the, be one way. Right, and it's the it's other the way, way, right? He wants to be able to win on his terms. And, uh, unfortunately, a lot of other teams out there do not meet his terms. And yeah. he got the no-trade clause. He has the leverage. And I do think, despite the 
organizational changes. I'm sure there's some level of animosity there. He's not going to walk away for a penny less. He's not going to do it. That's the messed up part. He's got his mindset mm-hmm. on going to Houston, his heart and mindset, and he'd have to recalibrate and, and shift his paradigm. Just like he had his heart and mindset team. on coming to New York from Denver, and he didn't care what they had to give up I to hear get him there. I hear so he's always been this dude. Uh, speaking of Houston, now when we were in our production meeting earlier today, we kind of clowned the Rockets for announcing they had a big announcement coming this afternoon. Turns out they really did have a big announcement. Big. Owner Leslie Al- Alexander is putting the Rockets up for sale. Alexander has been Houston's owner since 1993. Graduated from high school then. When he bought the team for $85 million, Forbes estimates the Rockets are worth $1.65 billion. Guns and butter, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, does it make sense for Alexander to put the Rockets on the market? They got Chris Paul, seemingly have gained some ground on the Warriors. Might make dollars in since, to your point, being valued at $1.6 billion. Um, you want to go in on this? Like, <laughs> does Rockets Twitter come with it? You want to go in on it? What's better than $1 billion there, too? Right. Jay and Bay could come in. It could meet me, Jay-Z, it. Beyonce, all of us. No, right. like, look, this is... This is bittersweet. I mean, like, obviously, you know, he's put a lot of thought into this. He's put a lot into this team. And it's a perfect time to sell, given what organizations and franchises are going for. You're talking about a contending franchise that's on the cusp of, of maybe breaking through. I mean, I, the Mbamute signing, I got excited when I saw that. No, I, I really did. I really did. I know that's not a far, it's, it's a starting small sneaky, forward in the Clippers. Sneaky, yeah. There's your defensive help you needed. Right. But on the flip side, I'm like, this is the guy that's been presiding over them during their glory years. And, and you can't always guarantee who's going to come in the door does the next guy come in the door and run it with the class and the commitment that leslie alexander did if i'm a fan of the rockets i'm concerned about somebody other than him owning this team well that i would be concerned about if i were uh, a rockets fan right now because you're right you never know who you're going to get and look ask knicks fans about when you're stuck with an owner you're usually stuck with them for a really really long time and so if they're a bad one that can put you in an impossible situation but i get why he's trying to sell now from just a business standpoint we see what they're worth and as they often teach you in these matters of finances, sell when they're high. And right now, the Rockets, given what they're worth, given the fact that, look, the Warriors are still the team to beat in the West. But they have, they have closed the gap. With narrowed they, it. They've narrowed it. Narrowed, narrowed it. it. You're right. That's a better word to yeah. do it. So there's a lot to be There's a lot to there's be a lot desired. To like it. It there's a, lo- a, a lot to love about it. So you yeah. know if you're an a, a owner or somebody who wants to own an NBA team or be a part of one. Yeah. Hello, former oh. President Barack Obama. <laughs> then maybe this, uh, this situation looks fantastic. But, but you know what? I'll I, I take something back because I was saying, you know, you never know who gets it and whether or not they'll have the same commitment. as If you're going to pay... 1.6 to 2 or more. I think the Clippers went for 2 bill. Right. If you're going to pay more than $2 billion for a team, you're probably paying it with the intention of that team winning yeah. and paying into the luxury Especially tax. Especially paying that high. So, I mean, somebody good will take over. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll maybe go on a piece of this squad. You want to put five on it? Daryl Morey, that's our guy. <laughs> Stocking this last year. Lazo Ball has been the king of Summer League. Uh, not sure what's been a bigger story, his on-court performances or the shoes he's wearing. Unfortunately, they're, Mike let the cat Yeah, Mike let the cat out of the bag. Lonzo, he has suffered a calf strain, will not be playing in tonight's championship. Hear that. Been a while since the Lakers won something. Come <laughs> on, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The joke kind of wrote itself, right? <laughs> uh, but nevertheless, I still plan on watching. I'm hey, sure Rachel. Rachel Nichols being the astute and wonderful NBA guru she is will probably watch as well. But Lonzo, though, he's been the story of this entire summer league 
So, I mean, I guess the hype is real, right? Well, here's the good thing. Or justified. He's played really well. Mm-hmm. It is fun to watch this kid play basketball. He, he had that great football-style outlet pass. He had the up-and-in layup the other night. He had the punch pass last night. His court vision is the real deal. His basketball IQ is the real deal. And look, it, it is going to get harder when he plays against real, experienced veterans and pros. Say, so does this mean there, Well, I mean, look, the windows get smaller. You know, these passes look great now because there's big windows to pass pass through when guys play at a faster pace those windows like football right the windows get smaller um also there will be veterans who will go out to take his lunch money on certain nights so we will see that but that being said this is good if you're a lakers fan you are very excited about everything except man i have been disappointed that the traveling circus has continued to travel with lonzo ball with the shoe stuff with the dad's pronouncements because lavar told the lakers before he before they drafted lonzo Look, this is all marketing. I'm just doing this to get my guy forward. Once you guys draft him, I'm going to pull back. That has not happened. Well, see, I think people are giving him too much credit on the shoe tip, too much credit for this being some kind of grand plan when it comes to a bidding war. No, this is saving face and trying to put spin on the fact that the big baller brand shoes are not conducive to your son's performance. Because if you're going to have a brand, you got to have a product. He's producing because he's wearing better shoes. So I don't think the shoe brands are looking at him saying, oh, well, look how he's modeling our shoes. Maybe we'll give him the billion dollars he wants. No, no, thanks for the free advertising. Yeah, but it's a backtrack of more than just the shoes because they came out and they sold this as, hey, we're independent. We're going to invest in ourselves. We're going to bet in ourselves. Mm -hmm. And by the way, we should get our own money off of this kid's likeness. But to sell the shoes, he's got to wear them. That's my point. But that's (laughs) my point. My point is that they sold the bill of goods, these are $500 shoes, as being about something more than just shoes. Right? This is about, hey, it shouldn't be just big shoe companies and shareholders profiting sure. off these young we kids. Off of this, yeah. We should be the ones eating off of this. I kind of bought into that. No, conceptually, he right? was, he was that, that seems I cool. the philosophy. Okay, so then don't sit here and even tell me. Then I'd rather have him admit the shoes don't quite work than to sit here and say, oh, we're really trying to start a bidding war. Because then everyone who paid those 500 bucks is just a chump. Because, Rachel, if you, if you try to make a profit and an independent, I want to know what kind of materials, where are they making these shoes? Because that matters when it relates to performance and maintenance and your feet and your ankles over the course of 82 games. The only thing I was going to say about the basketball tip was LeVar also said this morning on ESPN Radio, Jamel, that he doesn't have to tinker with his shot despite shooting 38%. He's like, oh, they'll go in. You don't have to worry about that. To your point about it being tougher, talked to an all-defensive caliber point guard recently, and he was like, one of the things he noticed, I haven't seen this, I'm relaying this, is that he doesn't pull up and and shoot when he drives to his right because of the way he has All to transfer the ball. All that stuff is going to get picked apart. Exactly. You know, three months into the NBA season, there's going to be so much tape on him. But what I do like is that he has improved throughout each of these games at Summer League. Yeah. That tells me he knows how to learn, and that's going to be good for his rookie. I think it was key. I mean, this falls in the something or nothing category because, trust me, had he played poorly yes. or continued to play Oh, my gosh. Would that have been shoot? something? Oh, yeah. A huge headline. So I, I am going to give him a cookie for <laughs> – taking care of his kids and doing what he's supposed to, which is you're supposed to dominate guys who will not likely be on NBA rosters, but it's a step. He's a fun to watch. I yeah. want to watch him play basketball more and more. I want to see a little less of the other and, and the flip side is, like, when he goes against better competition, what would he look like? When he's surrounded by even better talent. Yeah. Not just this year, but Absolutely. going forward, how right. much Who's better can he make them? Uh, dance like nobody is watching, right, ladies? Uh, LeBron may be happy with himself, but his team, not so much. Those yoga pants? Why are you focus on all the wrong details? This man living his best life. Okay. Problem is the Cavs. Is there like been no pants fans? They've been watching every fans? other contender get better while they can't even Little get a GM. Man, got rhythm. Uh, source tells USA Today that LeBron James is concerned and frustrated 
about the Cavaliers offseason. The source also tells ESPN that water is, in <laughs> fact, wet. <laughs> right. Rachel, like, going back to the first loss in the finals, Jamel and I talked about this the next day. LeBron has never taken losing lying down. No. And the fact that they don't even have anybody to make these moves is one thing. Not being closer to the Warriors, this is not, not something that could possibly sit well with him. The nugget in this USA Today article that stood out was that the, uh, the front office transition took place a day that they were close to getting Jimmy Butler. Whether that's true or not, if LeBron believes it, that's problematic. Yeah, no, they were, they were David Griffin that day, Monday, in his office was working on the Butler deal and working on a Paul George deal. And the fact that it was 6.30 p.m. is when this went down with, David, with, uh, with the owner. I mean, Dan Gilbert, that is a crazy change to make. The week of free agency, the week of the draft, I mean, doing all of this stuff at this time. And look, I sat with Dan Gilbert at Summer League. He has a lot of confidence in Kobe Altman, 34 years old, running the front office right now. He hasn't certainly X'd out the idea of hiring another general manager. Kobe is great. He's a smart guy. But there is a reason when we talk about rookies, and you can be a rookie in the GM category, you can be a rookie as a player. We all think Lonzo's great. We think... Markel Fultz is going to be a great player. I wouldn't put them in to win a championship right now. Right. And that is what LeBron James is trying to do, is win a championship right now. And, in, and by the way, whoever does that for Cleveland, they're playing with a little bit of a broken deck. They don't have picks, yep. right? Yep. It's hard to make a trade. they got a lot of big salaries. they got a lot of veteran players nobody wants. Whoever runs that front office is in an incredibly difficult position. And it's not surprising, as you say, that LeBron is frustrated that that is not a more experienced guy who can kind of pull those strings a little bit. Now, we talked about this a lot when he was signing those one plus one deals, like keeping the leverage over Dan Gilbert's sure. head that, hey, I could leave if you don't do right. right. Well, no GM in place. And here's the other one I want to point out before you took it. Jamal Crawford wanted to get Jamal Crawford. They offered the minimum surprise, surprise, lowball somebody right. when they had the taxpayer mid-level available. That's another thing. To Look, LeBron's mindset is show me, don't owe me. Yeah. Right. OK. And so I, I remember uh, years ago when you, you and I had this conversation about whether or not he could leave Cleveland again. And that is because what I said at the time you said, said no. you, you're like, no, way. <laughs> <laughs> it never happened. All right. And so uh, the reason why he put himself in this position is to not only just maintain leverage is that I think that LeBron honestly always wants to be able to survey the league, Mm -hmm. find out what's the best situation. He may have emotional connections to Cleveland and Akron. The work that he's doing there, he can do from somewhere else, as he has already proven. But this is all, by the way, I think a lot of people point to this and say, see, he's trying to leave. I think he's trying to stay. Mm-hmm. Right. I think I agree with that. I totally agree with that. Would be to stay in Cleveland. That he has everything set up work. there. <laughs> I think that his foundation, his relationship with his foundation, that is real. I so, think. So don't worry about there. the Miami no, 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 no. speculation. No, well, don't this worry is about what I was that. About a point. This is my point. All this stuff <laughs> is not him trying to leave. Right. It is him trying to get to have happen what he needs to stay. Because yeah. if he does nothing, that's not happening. And then he may be forced to leave. If he needles them and needles them and needles them, and the fan base gets riled up about, oh, he may leave again, and the front office and Dan Gilbert start to feel pressure, then what he needs to stay might happen. That's what this is to me. This is a campaign to stay. You're going back to the relationship analogy. It's like when you got it going on, you shouldn't have to beg nobody to keep you. Like, if you're LeBron James, what's what's understood need not be said. So why (laughs) you don't have to put pictures out to let them know that you're your words, my friend. But you know what? I mean, look, I mean, this is like the relationship is a great analogy, right? right? And we've seen this, right? photos of him and the ex. We all have friends. (laughs) I was going to say, we all have friends who have done that. Oh, I just ran into him. That's all it was. I just happened to be in the neighborhood. You better appreciate me. 
Wait, do that again? No. Do that Go ahead. You got it twice. I got it twice. You did with the got LeBron out here like he's waiting to exhale. Thank you, showed up. All right, appreciate it. In a moment, we'll pick it up and go hard in the paint and try to say something smart about a prediction that one star says is stupid. The Jaguar F-Pace. 2017 World Car of the Year and 2017 World Car Design of the Year. With our first SUV, we didn't just change the game, we elevated it. For great offers, visit your local Jaguar retailer today. Julian Edelman told the Boston Herald that it's stupid to even talk about the Patriots going 19-0. Well, seeing as though I'm already an idiot, I'm quite comfortable having this conversation. Go ahead, Mike. I'll, I'll, have, I'll have it by myself because you're the smart one, so you be quiet. No, I mean, it's stupid for him to talk about it. And, of course, the one game at a time, Patriots it. are never yeah. going to do it. But what's stupid is how a team that came back from a 28-3 deficit in the Super Bowl acted as though they lost it. As he looked at their roster. My goodness. Okay, and this is no disrespect to some of the teams that are on the schedule. There's some, there's some difficult, there's some landmines there, certainly for sure. Always. But, no, I mean, even that just, to me, is a, is a testament to how good this team is. The fact that we could talk about that right now, and it's not a crazy conversation. Well, and it's not crazy for them to do it because this is how they can do it. Because they're never going to – Belichick's going to always head. convince them that they stink. Right. No matter how many great players they have, no matter what they did this offseason, no matter what they did in this game, he's going to convince them that they're nothing and that they're all going to get cut and anybody <laughs> from Tom Brady can be traded. And that's how one game at a time they're blowing people out. You're not going to hear anybody say anything about a dream team or anything no. like that. No, I don't think you, you have to worry about that with the Patriots. They definitely try to sell low. And they will go 19 and up. Just don't let that Love that prediction. Uh, Eagles coach Doug Peterson says with the addition of Alshon Jeffrey, Corey Smith, and LeGarrette Blunt this offseason, this team has more talent than the 90s Packers teams that he was a part of as a player that went to two Super Bowls, winning one of them. Hottest take of the day. So, I mean, he just got far. Kind <laughs> of cancels out everybody right, else. Exactly. Right, I'm just so. like, no, look, it's a good group. It's really, it's a really good group. A lot of promise, a lot of different weapons that Carson Wentz can now play with. But to your point, what you just said about how the Patriots don't do stuff like well, you you know, talk about the themselves dream team as a, this like, is a Vince Young saying dream team, but it's yeah, more you're talking about they better than the '90s Packers. Like, all right, man, they could be good, but I mean, look, relax. Can they even be the best team in the division? Relax, absolutely relax. Um, Lions president Rod Wood has been in contact with Calvin Johnson, inviting him to trade camp in hopes of mending the relationship between the team and the all-time leading res- receiver. we I don't know if we were on air when it when he had those comments, Calvin Johnson, but nevertheless. I was saying that. What was the point? What was the point, right? And he, for a Super Bowl? Yeah, basically. So, which, which I kind of knew that. Like, I did the E60 story on him a while back, and, and he, he wasn't as forthcoming then as he no, seems to be that's now. That kind of surprised me to see him do this. Well, when you got to write a check to, to say him. this, right. When you got to write a check for that signing bonus back, I think he's kind of sick of holding back when it comes to him. But we all knew this was Barry Sanders. We all knew that he was tired. First of all, he's a different cat. He's got a lot more interest in football. He didn't want to put his body on the line for a team he didn't think was going to go anywhere. And, you know, history says that But that didn't stop him from taking the money, though. No, and I I would like to see them mend this relationship. Roger Federer, we can't click. We've gone too far without shouting him out. Eighth Wimbledon, most among men. And at age 35, oldest man in the open era to win Wimbledon by four years, older than Arthur Ashe when he won it in 75. My man, though, said that he drank a little too much of the Champions Dinner. <laughs> you're allowed, and Roger. And is still spinning. <laughs> Cheers to you. That's what I said, you're allowed. He's just, uh, I've referred to him as this many, many times before, not like it doesn't still apply. Great sportsman. 
great for the game of tennis, great for sports. He's somebody, I know a lot of people are deflated when Venus lost uh, in the final, but seeing him win and seeing his reaction, even at age 35, having gone through this dance more than a few times and winning, it was just something tremendous Sportsman to see. is a title reserved for a few people because it connotes class. It connotes exactly. grace and dignity. So, Mike, you know I was the one that got you on board with this Mayweather-McGregor fight. Mm. Pulled out all that money and said, hey, I'm going to put my money down and order it. You still feel the same way, even though their media tour, which ended last Friday, has seemingly gotten out of hand. Um, <laughs> at the last one, the last uh, media press conference, a total of 236 curse words were said, not to mention you have a gay slur being said by Mayweather. We have some racial taunts by Conor McGregor. Now I'm starting to feel a little dirty about this. Yeah, 236 uh, over the four, 236 curse words. But it's like, look, we were already going to feel dirty giving these two fools our money. Right. You have to remind us of it. Like the farce of the century would have been would have sold people. I, I, we were in it just for the sheer novelty of it. Mm-hmm. But now you gotta show your true colors, and we don't want to hear that it's just promotion because they didn't have to do that. They could have just threatened each other, made predictions. They showed who they really are, and now yeah, it's gonna be a lot harder to shell out that money. Uh, Predators fan Andrew Fudge tweeted at the team in early June in hopes of winning free Stanley Cup tickets. It wasn't until this morning did he check his DMs and realize he'd won. <laughs> this morning. So you tweeted for a contest and then. It was the game six, though. When Still. Clinch. Clinch. Uh, you know, I mean, look, sometimes everybody's DMs aren't as active. Wait, wait, wait. Pe- I, I want to talk about you. Oh, okay. Because you kind of, that finger was coming this way. No, no, not at all. No, no. Everybody's, I'm wondering <laughs> about your DMs. I don't know what goes down in your DMs. I'm saying everybody's not as active, so you don't check them all but the time. But if you apply for that's like uh Giving a, a obsolete business card. You know how they have those free lunch promotions, like drop your business card in, and then you give them, like, the wrong number. Yeah. Like, if you if this was the way you entered the contest, why? Yeah. Uh, Tom Izzo, your favorite coach, now he's mine. That's not the five-second rule. That's the three-second rule. I don't go – I go three. You go three Depending seconds? on the floor, I go I don't three. Know, Mike. If it's you my three, have, I don't care how long it's been gross. there. I think you would go ten seconds. Depending, like I said, it depends on the floor. If it's mine, I go as long as it I want. It depends on the food, too. If oh. that was popcorn, I'll allow it. Yeah, they don't, they don't consume dirt the same Correct. way. Some yeah. things you can't do that. But see, right. that there, can't do that like that's whatever. why he's the best coach in college basketball. See that blue-collar mentality. Right. I make millions of dollars, but I still am not good enough to pick it up oh, off the socks. floor. I, I don't know what those are. So, of course. Those big ballers? Like, what, what, <laughs> what are we doing here? They look comfortable. Are they like yays or yous? Is that, a, is that marketing? Is that a sales pitch? I don't know what. It's like a sock with a sole, like an orthopedic shoe with All a right, sock. So y'all seen plenty of, plenty of gender reveals. This is my favorite. You know why? Good eye. Good eye. People giving this guy grief. Well, I believe should. he's a broadcaster, but not swinging. Uh-uh, man. That was, mm-mm. Take that pitch. This is why these things are dumb. The gender reveals are dumb. Why? So if you ever get knocked up, we doing a gender review. No, we are not. Yeah, we are. And that we ain't happening. So no, that's why they're. They, can we officially say that they have run their course? No. They're, they're re- why? Do another we one and you're getting the show tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I look. And in that situation, oh, you just have to take one for the team. What was he doing? The next person gonna get hit by a pitch and just have it all over. <laughs> now like, we're talking. Don't play for the Nationals, bro. Noah Syndergaard resumed throwing as he returns or uh, hopes to return as he rehabs from injury. He tweeted, Oh, baseball, it will be so nice to hold you, touch you, feel you, and throw you today. I've missed you. I mean, I'm sure you'd like to be free and maybe go out and meet some Latin guy that can dance, grind up on you, make you feel dangerous, but also safe. God, wouldn't that be sweet? Wouldn't that be nice? I mean, have some Latin guy sweating all over you, talking to you in languages you don't understand, needing you, wanting you, taking you. 
All we're really trying to say is put your swords away for a second. Let's just finish this and move on. You know what? That glass does look half full. <laughs> we have no sense on this show. Objection! Oh, stop it. Sustained, Jackie Bradley Jr. Your Honor, I move that we move to the immediate Article 39A session. The witness has rights. Speaking of a few good men, Alec Baldwin, live few good men on SNL 2018. It was a good day. <laughs> oh. Logan Morrison must think he's a career somewhere with this backflip after his game time. Seriously, that's up there. That has some distance. That's not Jose Bautista in the playoffs, but that's in the seventh inning against the Angels. That's a backflip right there. That's how you make baseball fun again, right? See, so it's just all in the... We'll see what happens the next game. Uh, speaking of bat flips, how about this little guy here, son of Hernan Perez of the Brewers? Good parenting right there. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not how a it's flip. Done. That's how it's done. That's assault, brother. That's like, how, it's just like done. if he does that, he's you like... turn around. <laughs> so much anger there. <laughs> hey, my birthday is coming up. I already know what I want you to get me. That life-size Joel B balloon animal is for sale on Craigslist. A bicycle? That would, that would take a lot of balloons. And honestly, Uncle Jeremy's a little tired right now. So why don't we do something like, uh, like, let's say a giraffe. Don't say thank you. <laughs> Seriously, I want that. How I many wedding crashing references can we get in today's show? Not enough. All right, before we call it a day, tell the people who has had a good day. It's a good day for some of my fellow ESPN colleagues because Tops is making some trading cards featuring sports media personalities, including Stephen A. Smith, Sage Shield, Tom Rinaldi, available July 19th. I, I invested a lot in top baseball, scar- baseball cards I more than you, I guarantee I have So, more. I mean, we can't get on for one? No, nah, we ain't on that level. No? Okay. We ain't on that level. Let's just be thankful for what we got. <laughs> Shout out to Raheem Devon, William Devon, too. Congratulations to Paul Pierce, who retired Celtic after playing 15 seasons in Boston. Shout out to the truth. We'll see y'all tomorrow.